coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. just delighted you're here. This is a very important month. In addition to being the month, July 23rd, when we became the 300, Santa Barbara became the 323rd International City of Peace. Um, July is a month that we should be really working hard to rid our world of plastic. Get rid of plastic is a July theme. And because Nancy Martin has tried so many times to do just that, and she found how horrible it was and how hard it was, we thought we might as well let everybody know there are four things you can do to make sure that you don't have so much plastic. And one is you don't you keep the plastic you keep the plastic you have now and don't buy new plastic. Use the plastic you have and okay. go from there. All right. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome to the road the United Nations Association, Santa Barbara and Tri-Counties. And the person who just joined us deserves a round of applause. Her name is Sharon. Sharon took the responsibility of not only getting two of the city council members to sign our application to become an international city of peace, but she wrote the most of the words that we have now on the international city of peace. If you go to the international city of peace and you look at 323, you will see we have our dedicated web page, and it also shows you how you can become a city of peace. It's a very simple process. Thank you, Sharon. I just wanted to tell the world how great you are. And now, Nancy Martin, <laughs> we are about to start our month of trying to make sure that we keep plastic out of our life as much as we can. And I'm going to turn the program over to Nancy, who's going to introduce Sarah today. And Jack, I want to welcome you. And I will take time to welcome each of you after our program starts. Okay, Nancy. Okay. Um, can you mute everyone? Sure. Sarah and I. All right. You. Okay. Sarah, can you unmute yourself? Okay. See if she can. That would be a lot easier. And then, if, yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Okay. So I'm... I want to welcome Sarah Stark, who works at Marburg, and she's the Environmental Compliance and Outreach Coordinator. And that's really important because um, she's the person that we can get our information from and find out um, what we can do. I think plastic is my nemesis. I have had a terrible time. I live in a condo, and I... I face the recycling bins and people are throwing the wrong kind of plastic in the bins and they're throwing things in the garbage. I try to live without it and it's impossible. So I'm, I'm really happy that we have Sarah and later we have Kathy King. And um, this month, actually we're at the end of the month so you almost missed your chance to try to avoid plastic for the month. And, but you have a few days left. So try it for a few days. Try going into the stores 
and see if you can get things that don't come in plastic. Um, you will be sadly disappointed, <laughs> like I've been. Um, so Sarah um, works closely with the city of Santa Barbara and surrounding jurisdictions to make sure that businesses and residential complexes are in compliance with the state and local recycling laws. And she also gives tours and outreach opportunities to children and adults. And um, she got her master's in environmental science and management from UCSB. So Sarah, come on and welcome. After Sarah talks, um, we're going to show the sh very short movie from the story of stuff, which is the story of plastic. Sarah? Welcome, Sarah, welcome. Thank you for the introduction. Um, I will try and keep this brief but informative today. Um, I'm going to mostly be talking to you all about plastics, um, but sort of before we get into that, I want to start by talking about the three R's, which I'm sure we all know and love, but we'll get a little refresher on that. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about which plastics you can and can't recycle here locally. Um, and then we'll go into the reasoning behind it. Uh, it's very complicated, <laughs> the ins and outs of recycling. Um, so I'll just kind of touch on it today. Uh, and then we'll look sort of into what we can do to make a difference locally, as well as on a, a larger scale when it comes to uh, being smart with plastic recycling and, and reuse and all that. Um, so the three R's, you know, we probably all learn these at some point. They are reduce, reuse, and recycle. Um, and it's often forgotten that these are actually in order of importance. So recycling gets a lot of attention. Um, it feels good. It makes us um, think we're doing the right thing. But it's much, much more important to be reducing first. So um, as Nancy mentioned, you know, trying not to, to use an item in the first place. Um, and then if you do use or purchase an item, is there a way to repurpose it, reuse it again? Even once or twice uh, before you toss it away can really make a difference. And then lastly, our sort of our, our last ditch effort should be recycling. Um, this chart, hopefully you can see it, uh, is looking at what Californians are throwing away in the waste stream. Um, this is from 2018, but um, I don't imagine it's changed that much. Um, this is also representative of what we as a nation throw away. It's very similar across uh, the United States. Um, so you can see that plastic makes up about 12% of our waste stream. Um, and this is looking at household as well as businesses, so in total. Um, and while it is a large percentage, it's not as big as you might notice the organics here. Um, and 34%. So that's going to be things like food waste, uh, wood waste, green waste, um, things that really should not be going into the landfill, um, but that could be repurposed as mulch or compost. Um, another reason I included this is I wanted you to notice that paper is actually a pretty large part of the waste stream. And locally, paper and cardboard are what make up uh, the bulk of our recyclable material. One of the reasons is just because it's heavier than plastic. Um, so by weight, it's it's always going to lead. Um, and then I included this stat that in 2019, our state's overall recycling rate was only 37%. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those challenges, why. Um, but we have a goal as a state to be closer to 75% in just a couple of years. So uh, 
it's going to be tough to get there. <laughs> so one of the things that always comes up is, um, you know, which plastics can you recycle, um, which aren't recyclable. I tend to stay away from looking at the numbers on the bottom of plastic containers, um, so I haven't included them here. Um, and that's for a couple of reasons. One is because those numbers don't really mean much to a consumer. They're more intended for plastics industry and the recycling industry. Um, and another reason is because we take some, some numbers and, and not of others, so it just gets really confusing. Um, the way I've presented what we can and can't recycle here, I think is sort of the easiest way to think about it. So we, in terms of plastics, any clean and dry container that held a liquid is good. Um, that's gonna include items like soda bottles, water bottles, juice, milk, uh, laundry detergent, shampoo, soap, all that kind of stuff. Uh, thicker plastics like buckets and tubs, still good in the recycling container, as well as flower pots and trays. Plastic toys are good as long as the batteries are removed. Um, we can't have any batteries in our recycling um, and that's included in plastics. And then rigid plastics that are greater than six inches. So we really are looking for hard plastics. Um, if you bang it against something, it's gonna make a thud. Um, nothing that is going to crumple in your hands. We don't want anything flimsy like that. So looking at what we can't recycle, that's gonna be any container that's plastic that held food. So that's a, a newer rule that we've come to um, and sort of the easiest way to remember if it held liquid, yes, if it held food, no. Um, so that goes for berry clamshells, um, if you buy salad in a, a plastic container, we do not want that. I do not care how clean it is, we do not take it in our container right now. Um, yogurt, salsa, all that stuff that we used to take, we can't take it right now. Any plastic that's labeled compostable or biodegradable, we also do not take, and that's because that has to go through a totally different process um, than recycling. Plastic bags and film plastics, as I mentioned, so plastic that crumples in your hand, uh, that is not accepted in our containers, but um, I'm sure Kathy will mention this later, but there is a drop-off program available for certain film plastics. Um, Styrofoam as well, we do not want it in our containers, but Marborg actually collects it at both of our recycling centers. Uh, and then any single-use items, so straws, cups, plastic utensils, uh, those would need to go in the trash as well. Um, there are, you know, kind of a lot of rules <laughs> depending on the recycling, but the most important things to note are that it needs to be clean and dry. Um, so, you know, people ask, how clean? Pretty clean. <laughs> so if you're cleaning your recyclables properly, uh, you shouldn't need a plastic trash bag in that container. Um, so, it, you know, it, your plastics and glass and all that should be rinsed um, and then dried enough that they're not going to get the paper and cardboard wet. Um, that's what we really want to protect locally is the paper and cardboard since it's our, our largest chunk of recycling. Um, and it can easily mold um, and get ruined from moisture and food and things like that. So you've all noticed, I'm sure recently, that things have changed, um, especially in, in regards to plastics. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why we can't just accept all plastics or even recycle all plastics. Um, so I'm gonna go a few, um, through a few of those reasons. Um, 
just to sort of give some context around why these rules change from time to time. Um, I know it can be frustrating, but there is a sort of a method to the madness. Um, and the main reason that, that we can't just recycle all plastics really is because they're not all created equal. I've included two examples of plastic items here, but you can think about all the different types you encounter on a daily basis. Uh, if you go to the grocery store and, and check out the produce aisle, for example, um, you'll see you know, probably 20 to 30 different types of plastic in just one aisle. Um, so looking here at a meal tray versus a water bottle, um, they're made of different types of plastic. They have different melting points. They're formed in different ways. Um, one is colored, one is clear, um, one's rigid, one's flexible. And they're even, you know, built to hold different items. So one's holding food versus liquid. So all of that um, leads to a lack of infrastructure and technology to process these different types of plastics. Um, it's really different to recycle a meal tray versus recycling a water bottle, just based on all the things we went over. Um, and unfortunately, the United States just does not have the infrastructure right now to support all those different types of plastics being recycled. Uh, there's other um, sort of undesirable plastics like film plastics have historically not been wanted by recyclers because they'll clog machines, um, break machinery, transport food and liquid down the line. So there's certain plastics that are just hard to deal with too, um, and that can can make them undesirable and then have no value. So essentially no point in collecting them. Um, plastic is also subject to shifting markets. Um, all recyclables, you know, like any other commodities, uh, their price goes up and down. Um, and with plastic, you know, it comes from petroleum. So when the oil prices are low, unfortunately it can be less expensive to make new plastic than it is to recycle old plastic. And then most recently, um, our biggest reason why we are accepting less plastics is because we lost our biggest customer, who was China. Um, and so China for years and years was accepting most of the world's recyclables. Um, and it was primarily a good thing. They were, um, rather than sending empty ships back to us um, when we would, you know, transport goods over there, we would put recyclable items in there, send them over to China, and they would recycle them. Um, but the rest of the world kept sending them trash. Um, they warned us for years saying, clean up your act. You're, you know, you're polluting our environment. We don't want it. Um, people didn't listen. And so in 2018, they enacted a policy known as National Sword. And it began phasing out several types of recyclable imports. Um, into China. So they slowly sort of started <laughs> weaning the world off of them. Um, and then as of 2021, um, they no longer are taking anything from, from anywhere in the world. So uh, since 2000, though, they were the largest importer of California's recyclable material. And if you can see the graph on the left, uh, that orange, the orange bars are showing that drop off from uh, basically when they enacted the national sword policy in 2018 uh, that those were our plastics going overseas to China um, and how they basically went to zero uh, once that was enacted and then I, I just found this graph on the right today and it's actually showing the top export markets for US scrap plastic as of February of this year um, I just thought it was kind of interesting as China shut down you know other countries 
were forced to open up or um, increase their operations for recycling. And it looks like Canada is actually taking the most right now. Um, but you can see, you know, there's other um, Asian countries like Malaysia, Vietnam, Indonesia. Um, and so the concern there is that they're going to be facing the same issues that China had as far as pollution goes, um, environmental health impacts, things like that. So it's definitely something we need to be aware of. So there's a, a few thoughts I had on, you know, how we can move forward locally and then as well as a, a country, um, as well as there's some good news, I think, on our home front. Um, moving forward locally, you know, it's, it's really important for our, everyone to be aware of the three R's, um, practice those in order of importance, spread the word to friends and family, um, reduce, reuse, recycle. Recycle is not the glamorous, um, feel good, end all be all. It's just one way to uh, deal with our waste in an in a environmentally, you know, friendlier way than just landfilling it. Um, one way that can this can be accomplished locally too is through local ordinances, uh, like different cities banning single-use plastics from businesses or styrofoam, um, that can really help drive change. Uh, we also need to increase the volume and quality of our recyclables, um, and the way that we are doing that locally is through the county's resource center, which is up at the Tahegas landfill. Um, it's a brand new facility, and Marburg is operating the recycling portion of that. Um, so we have really advanced technology. This is actually a picture of our, our sorting line. Um, we have brand new sorters, all different ways to sort material in the hopes that we will recover more items that can be recycled rather than having them be landfilled when there could be some value to them. Um, so that's really exciting because our diversion rate away from the landfill will increase. Um, and it's this type of project that can, you know, inspire other communities to hopefully develop similar, uh, similar ones. Um, and then we also need to just keep continuing to educate our customers about contamination. Um, again, it's all about driving the value of recyclables to make those products more desirable, drive the markets, um, and, and keep on recycling. And then on a larger scale, um, you know, it's kind of more of the same. Again, we need to increase the volume and quality of recyclables, but our infrastructure has been lagging behind. Um, this map is showing the current domestic plastics recycling capacity, so just plastics, um, and you can see it's pretty sparse. <laughs> this is actually this is actually more than it used to be because uh, once China shut down, um, some more places have come online domestically, but we have quite a long ways to go. Um, and then I'm I'm guessing Kathy will touch more on this as well, but you know the plastics industry really has to change. There needs to be an entire redesign and focus on reusable products as well as closed loop systems. Um, and they need to be held accountable for extended producer uh, legislation coming down where they're actually tasked with um, either contributing to funds to help clean up the plastic or um, creating new products, whatever it may be. It's, it's something that is a much larger issue than individuals like you or myself can can tackle so those are just my thoughts on how we can improve this uh, going forward but um, that's all I have but if anyone has questions um, you know Sarah but to me is we all 
have plastic, but that's because the manufacturers aren't shaping up. How can we shape up the manufacturers so that they don't use the wrong plastic? Yeah, that's, you know, a, unfortunately a larger <laughs> legislative issue. There are some um, things moving. I Again, I think Kathy will probably talk about this. She's much more well-versed in this aspect, but um, California has been trying to pass different laws targeting plastics manufacturers. Um, Maine actually just passed, I think, the first one in the United States. So hopefully it's a sign of more to come, but it's just something that takes time and going up against a huge industry with a lot of money. <laughs> well, I sure appreciate you bringing us, bringing us back to the awareness that plastic really is a devastating recyclable. It's just, we, we don't have any place to put it. I'm going to move over to Nancy because we're on a time schedule and I know Sarah, you're going to have to leave. And Nancy, why don't you show the film okay. at this point? And then I want to thank you, Sarah. We're I had one question for Sarah. Pardon me, Nancy? I had one question for Sarah. Please. Sarah, is um, when somebody invents a machine that will um, take care of plastic recycled plastic do they share that information how do you know when there's something that you could buy that would help oh that's a good question <laughs> i'm not sure i know how to answer that there's it, it depends who's making it i guess it's a lot of these um major you know chemical companies or uh, plastic corporations are the ones coming up with the machinery to uh, fix the problem. So, okay. Well, I've been seeing yeah. <laughs> very creative solutions on television, and I'm sure you've seen them too, where they're now making tiles by combining plastic with glass and making tiles. Anyway, this is a big issue, and our young people today could possibly be our solution. They're so creative, and um, I'm just looking forward to solutions, and I'm looking forward to all of us practicing not using so much plastic. Okay, so now we're going to look at the short movie on plastic and this came out from the story of stuff which is a group that i really like and actually annie leonard who is now the ceo and president of greenpeace used to be the ceo and president of story of stuff and so she's moving up in the world but i still like the story of stuff so here's their short little video. It's an animated video. And there's a much longer, better, real movie on plastic, but it's an hour and 35 minutes, I think. So we don't have time to watch that, but I would recommend that you all watch it's it. It's called The Story of Plastic, and you can see it on YouTube. It is amazing. Yeah. I watched it, Nancy. At good absolutely free so something worth watching okay so here's this one okay a giant trash island in the ocean or that poor sea turtle on the straw maybe you've even heard how plastic is being found inside the fish we eat the plastic crisis gets a lot of attention but the headlines usually focus on the plastic that ends up in the environment. And that's just part of the story. The truth is, plastic has a whole life cycle that's hidden from view. One that harms people and the planet from start to finish. 
Let's start at the beginning. Plastic is made from fossil fuels like oil or fracked natural gas. Extracting those fossil fuels and turning them into plastics creates a lot of pollution. Pollution that most often affects marginalized communities nearby. As we've gotten better about using less oil and gas to power our lives, the fossil fuel industry found a lifeline in plastics. In fact, oil and gas companies are doubling down on plastic production, with plans to build or expand over 300 petrochemical plants in the US alone by 2025. But these companies already produce more plastic than we can use. So where's all that plastic going? A lot of it's flowing into new markets in places like Asia, Africa, and Latin America. Because more than any other product category, plastic isn't driven by the demand for it, but by the supply. Corporations like Unilever, Nestle, and Procter & Gamble are aggressively marketing single-use plastic products around the world. These companies go to places like Indonesia, where I live, and push their products onto communities that just aren't prepared to deal with all that plastic. Maybe they're used to using natural packaging. Maybe they live on a tiny island without a system of waste collection. And on top of that, countries in the global north are shipping their own plastic waste into these countries too. When you add that all up, it's no wonder so much of this plastic ends up in the environment. And globally, that's where a whopping 32% of plastic packaging ends up. 40% goes to a landfill where plastic just piles up for future generations to deal with. And 14% is incinerated. Incineration is a nasty business, producing toxic smoke and fly ash. These super expensive facilities depend on plastic to burn everything else. It is oil and gas after all. So they want to see more plastic, not less. Then there's recycling. Unfortunately, it's not the solution that many people think it is. Just 14% of plastic packaging gets recycled, and only 2% is effectively recycled, meaning it becomes something as useful as before. The rest is downcycled into something worse, and most recycled plastic is only recycled once before ending up in landfills, incinerators, or the environment anyway. So it turns out that we can't burn, bury, or recycle our way out of this problem. And we can't just scoop all that plastic out of the environment either. That's like trying to bail out a bathtub with a teaspoon while the tap is on full blast. So how about we turn off the tap by shutting down the plastic machine? That means passing policies that create systemic change. Like phasing out the single-use plastics that pollute the most ending the fossil fuel subsidies that are fueling big plastic, and holding companies responsible for the plastic waste they create. That's how we can achieve our vision of a zero-waste future, where all of our products and packaging can be reused or repaired, effectively recycled or composted, and ultimately how we create a sustainable circular economy that works for both people and the planet. Visit storyofplastic.org to learn more and take action. Wouldn't that be lovely if we had a zero waste future? Nancy, thank you for putting this program together today. I think it was an amazing, 
I don't know what you want to call it, an amazing awareness. You know, they always say if you want to change something, it begins with awareness. And we definitely had that happen today. And then the second stage of engineering the consent of the publics we count on is giving them the reasons why they have to pay attention, information. And, in the, and Kathy, it was very visible today about how we just can't live on piles of plastic and it just doesn't work. And um, I've been out in the ocean and I, when we were in Sardinia, we cleaned up the beach. And that's such a simple thing to do, but still you, we had a pile of plastic and this is Italy, a pile of plastic and we only did it for an hour. And you know, it's just, the plastic is here. And you know, we're lucky in Santa Barbara. If you go down to Redondo Beach, the plastic is on the sand. The styrofoam is on the sand. You can't really walk on the beach the way you can in Santa Barbara. We're so lucky. But that doesn't mean that we're safe. It doesn't mean that we're going to be able to solve our plastic problem with that. Now, is there another person who has any more questions? We have Kathy who has kindly stayed on if there's another question. Okay, looks like we're doing okay. With that, I'm gonna say thank you. This is the United Nations Association. I didn't even give you the good news or did I? That we are the 323rd International City of Peace. And I told that to the city council today, and they said that's our beginning. If we can make peace with plastic, Kathy, I think we'll all be even happier. All right, my friend. Nancy? Oh, and also, Kathy, we need you to help us because we want the city to adopt the sustainable development goals as our goals. Oh, yes. So that's the next project. Very good. Okay, my friends, may I thank you for being on, and we will be back in may uh, i'm sorry august and we will then bring in a program called kiss the earth it's fabulous and be sure you join us it's the fourth tuesday of each month at 4 30 and if you forget just go to unasb.org and i want to thank people who have come on from oakland from d boswell clear across the united states carol and in um, Palm Springs, Judith Harris in Pasadena. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. It's amazing how many people we can touch with Zoom. And I want to be a Zoomer the rest of my life. I'm not getting in my car and wasting fuel. Okay, my friends. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Very much. Bye.